going to do way more than we could ask, think, or imagine, Lord. Father, I pray that you would take our, our weak love, Lord, and it just be a fragrant offering to you. That's what it is. Lord, that you would kiss us with the kisses of your mouth, that you would draw us to you, that we would run together, Father. Father, thank you that you love us so much that you sent Jesus to die for our sins. Thank you for such a great love, Father. Lord, we just, I just pray for just a spirit of worship, Father, just a, that we would join in, that we would tune in to what's going on in the heaven, Father, that you would release a prophetic spirit in the name of Jesus, God. I pray that we would, our worship would just bless your heart, God, that it would make your heart swell up with pride and affection. So, Lord, we want to we want to we want to bless you, Father, because you you're such a blessing to us. You always serve us, God. You're a servant, Father, and we want to worship you for that. Thank you for coming after us. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for seeking us out and never giving up on us, God. Just tell the Father, say thank you for never giving up on me. Thank you for never giving up on me, Father. You're full of mercy. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you this morning, Lord. Sing out who's moving on the waters.
things like you do. 
everything changes darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring and when you walk into the room starts burning nothing matters more than just to sit here at your feet and worship you
morning I just I just hear God's voice and his heart for just the broken heart of the people that that have believed the lies from the enemy the lies that are in their own heads and I just hear him saying I am a healer he says come to me started to identify themselves with the wrong things, started to identify themselves with their downfalls, with where they see themselves as not good enough. But I just, I don't know, I just so tangibly hear God saying this morning, like, you are good enough, like, you are enough. Um, there's nothing you could do to make yourself more or less loved. wants to reassure you that he can make you beautiful. 
Um, when we accept the place at his table, we don't just accept a place with him. We accept his identity. And that gives us a new sense of self, a new sense of joy.
Spirit, just minister to our hearts right now. Just stay in this place of worship and just let the Holy Spirit do what He wants to do in your heart. that might be in our life. He really wants to set us free. He really loves us. And when he asks you to come bring your sin to the cross, there's no condemnation. There's no shame. He's a loving father. Jesus took the punishment. ask you just right now, just talk with your father. He is your father. Open up your heart to him and tell him, say, God, bring me freedom. corporately ask 
you forgive us for any ways we've given in to fear or praise of man. Where even what man says about us holds more sway than what you say about us, Father. We repent for believing the lies, God. We repent for believing that man has more power than you do. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who gave his only son, how much more will he not give us all things? So, Father, forgive us. And Lord, we want the fear of the Lord and we want the courage of Jesus. We want the love of Jesus that displaces fear, cast out fear. Any fear of man, any fear of the world, any fear, Lord, where we, we stand in the truth and love. We stand firm in the faith. Holy Spirit, speak truth to us because the truth sets us free. Any ways we've been deceived, break it off, Holy Spirit. Any ways we believe lies, break it off. We want to be made mature and whole, not tossed here and there by every wind of doctrine and every lie. We want to be like Jesus, solid as a rock. here that does not know Jesus, I want you to just come down right now. We, and I ask people to come down because we want to celebrate somebody coming into the kingdom. We want to celebrate the fact that you receive eternal life. You receive the creator of the universe into your life. So if you want to, Jesus died for us publicly. come publicly before and to proclaim I trust Jesus, it's a powerful thing. So if there's anybody that wants to receive Jesus as their Savior, say, you can't say, you know what, I know Jesus. I, you can't say that. You, with, I just ask you just to come right now if there's anybody here. singing we come to the table I saw I saw us all sitting around the table that was in the shape of a cross <laughs> and now I've been singing God we celebrate in front of our enemies now imagine this singing and dancing in front of our enemies but the Lord said no you don't even recognize you don't even acknowledge the enemy when I'm in the room because all eyes are fixed on me and I saw us sitting around this cross table all eyes fixed on Jesus. And the enemy was outside the camp, so to speak. And he had no power because we didn't look at him. Our eyes were fixed on Jesus. The author and perfecter of our faith. 
Father, give us, give us dove's eyes. We can only focus on one thing. We can only focus on the beauty of our Savior and all the wonderful things that he's done for us. Jesus, you're worthy. You're the only one worthy. You are beautiful. You're a beautiful Savior. Let us be enthralled with your beauty, Jesus. Let no other lover capture our eye. Give us doves, eyes, God. you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to say God's going to finish what he started in you. Look at your neighbor and say God's got really good plans to prosper you. by the blood of Jesus. It's finished. It's sealed by the blood of Jesus. It's finished. It's sealed by the blood of Jesus, and it is finished. It's sealed by the blood of Jesus, and it is finished. team a hand. Outstanding job. Amen. All right. Jesse, you want to come on up? Hope your Labor Day weekend is awesome. Mine just got upgraded like awesome right there thank you jesus for your friendship uh, if you don't know me my name is jesse um, i work on staff here as our uh, connections guy um, we've got lots of stuff we want to share with you guys this morning and so if you'll keep your eyes up on the screen i'm actually going to share it from over here you guys can just check the screen and the things that are coming oh yeah yeah let's do that so two important meetings we have coming up um, are any volunteers. So we, our AV team here is our Awakening Volunteers. If you're on that or if you're just like wanting to get plugged into community, one of the best ways to do that is to come Sunday mornings and serve. Um, we've really seen God use that a lot 
Um, so if you're someone who's coming to the awakening and starting to find yourself in community here, come see me. Let's get you on rotation. Um, we have all different kinds of ways you can serve. Um, we really appreciate that. And it's a really great way to get plugged in. So if you're on the AV team or you're interested, um, we have a meeting Friday, September 16th um, at 7 p.m. at the Gase. And so you'll get an email about that, volunteers. Um, if you're new, you want to come, please do that. Another thing that right after that is we're having another meeting. I'm going to go let Toddy talk about um, the Lord in our community has birthed a thing. Um, and Tashana really helps us uh, stay connected to it. And so share. Um. Hey, everyone. Um, so I'm Toddy. And I have a little girl. Her name's Natalie. She was playing over there. She doesn't belong to the gays and doesn't belong to Laura. So she's the other one. <laughs> um, and I've had her for five months. And then her brother used to live with us. Some of you might remember him, Tyler, but he went back to live with his dad. And then, so I'm one of our foster teams in our community. And then the other foster team is the Brockers. And Karen's back there. She has Ariel, which is, he's so cute. He's like fresh from the womb. Like, look at how fresh that is. <laughs> um, so sweet. And um, they are our other foster family. And they had two children prior to um, getting Ariel, which they were amazing. And they have continued on their journey to another family. Um, but we really, really, it's a huge blessing to me. Like, just foster care has been in my heart for so long and just had all the reasons why it was going to be too hard and can't do it. And um, because of foster care teams, it makes it possible that I feel like I have enough courage to do it um, because I'm not married and just trying to, you know, take care of a child by myself is, sounds like a lot, but the thing is, is I'm not by myself. And so we, our foster care teams are made up of groups of people um, that are part of our community who are able to um, serve in different ways. So you can bring a meal, you can um, babysit, you can just hang out and spend time and talk to us. You really love that. <laughs> um, and I mean, there's so many different things. Just praying for us is just such a big deal. Um, and so we just wanted to extend the offer to have people come and join our teams. Um, we had three teams. We had one team with um, a DFAX family, um, and that team, he's um, which is a really awesome story. He, the guy was not um, going to church and in community when we first started serving him, but now he is, and so he's getting a team from his church, which is really, really amazing. So it's just a really great testimony of just, like, loving and just how much it does and just reconciliation. It's just, I mean, it's amazing. Um, and so, um, so right now we have two foster care teams. We would love for you guys to be a part. If you have questions or you just want to know like how that looks like, you can really be involved as much as or as little as you want. Um, but just like being a part of that family and that community is just really, really fun for us and fun for the people that are on the, on the teams. And so um, uh, just being able to pray. There are um, things that we can't talk about um, about our kids' situations. And so as being part of that, um, it kind of, there's like a little bit of training that has to be done, but it um, allows you guys to know um, what that information is. So you guys can like specifically be praying and just loving along with us with the kids that are going to be coming through our homes. So um, anyway, I think that's pretty much a little. Don't miss out on getting to wear things like this and that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
like you're missing out if you don't come to this meeting October 2nd oh, yeah. at Toddy's house, at my house because she's going to train you. And once you're trained, you have permission <laughs> to get rings like that. And I'm totally kidding about the pipe cleaner rings, but the blessings that come with being a part of these teams is astronomical. No kidding. It is so mind-blowing. And when you're on the side of it where you're not a part of a team, you're like, well, I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have, I don't have, forget about it. Because it's just a blessing. You don't have to have anything but oxygen in your lungs <laughs> and Jesus in your heart to be a part of a foster care team because there are whatever you want to do to be a part of the foster problem whatever part you want to be a solution however you want to be a solution to that you can praying is one huge way and we're like well it's just prayer no it's not just prayer when you get a kid you think you're getting a one kid and then he doesn't come and then another kid comes five hours later like there's a big shift that has to happen and karen can attest to she makes it because people pray for her and we get these texts that are like well this didn't happen this happened and you got five texts before you even read the first one i mean it's it's fast things happen really fast and they need our support and they feel like they have an army behind them so it's a super easy way to get a huge blessing October 2nd to get trained. It's really easy. Like, you come to my house, I'll, like, give you food and give you something to drink. And you hang out for, like, maybe an hour, hour and a half if you want to ask questions. And we watch some videos, and it's great. And um, then after that, you have, like, two pieces of paper to sign your initials to. You get two character references. Give me your driver's license and your insurance card for your car not your personal stuff. And that's it. Like, it's really easy, and it's done. Um, so, you know, you're qualified. Very qualified. Overqualified. <laughs> All right. So I think we might have talked them into it, Jesse. Yeah, and if you're new, just know that, like, this is not something that's like a, a fad or a season for us. Uh, the orphan crisis is a church crisis. Um, it's the church's job to answer it. We want to be a part of the solution in a lot of ways. So if you're starting to get involved with the awakening or thinking about getting plugged in, this is something that's never going to go away. So we love it, and you should join and see how amazing it is. Um, today is an amazing day. Uh, we've got some baptisms happening later today. Uh, we're super pumped about that. So um, if anybody is planning on coming, you've got an email uh, through the awakening listserv uh, that has address and updated directions. Um, run into one of us uh, as service is over, and if you need to, just text yourself, but we're just going to have some uh, family baptisms. It's going to be awesome. Are you excited, Josiah? Okay, good. Josiah's getting baptized today. Yeah. Next week, uh, don't come to church here, all right? We will not have church here next week, uh, 100%. If you come here, uh, 9 or 10 a.m., you'll be alone. Uh, we are going to 1050 Baxter. That's actually what the building looks like. It's over there on Baxter, 1050 Baxter Street. Um, there's a man coming, Murray Tillis, I believe is how you say his name, uh, from Light of the Messiah Ministries. Essentially, he's going to be addressing uh, the Middle East conflict, Jesus and the feast. Um, it's going to be awesome. That's another thing that the Lord has kind of birthed in our community um, is a heart for Israel. And he's really given us um, some fun times, just like gaining revelation 
through the feast and through um, the just special time, the appointed times that God has set up. Uh, they scream the gospel. So they scream it, and we, we love it. And so please, we're going to be there as a church. Uh, that's where we're having church next Sunday. He's also doing a thing that night at 6 p.m. If you want to come to the 6 p.m. one, uh, there's an Eventbrite sign up. You can go look it up on Eventbrite. And also my good friend, um, Annabeth Havner, over there at uh, 1050, she, they need volunteer help um, for the night program. So specifically, if you're going to the Murray Tillis 6 p.m. thing next Sunday night, please let me know. I'll get you in touch. They just need help with parking and moving chairs and stuff like that. Um, there's an awesome event uh, coming up. I want to show you guys a quick video for it. Hey, so we got sound rocking. So even if you're not a student at UGA, we want this on your radar, and here's why. I'll tell you a testimony from 2009, I think it was. Uh, I'd been in Athens for maybe a year, and the Lord was just doing all kinds of crazy stuff and pouring out love and salvation and miracles and deliverance and the whole nine yards. And um, <laughs> we do love Wesley and Freshly. Um, I heard I saw, there was a similar event where Lou Giglio came to town, and he and it's a really cool thing because the entire um, we have some really big campus organizations at UGA. Like UGA's Wesley is like the largest in the nation. There's a lot of people that UGA's campus, young adults, that it's touching and influencing. Right, Lou Giglio comes to town, and he'd been a part of at the time. He hadn't split off and done his own church, Passion City. He was still mostly doing um, 722. If any of you guys are old enough to remember going to that Bible study, we drove up from LaGrange. It was awesome. It was like the coolest thing in Georgia if you were like a young adult. He's sitting there, and what I know of this man is just what I'm sitting under Andy Stanley and, and sharing and teaching and, and doing a lot of conference speaking. And one of my friends was there that night, and they said, Louis Giglio told everyone to get on their face and plead with Holy Spirit to come. Or else there was like really no other hope we had for our campus. So in the past six or seven years, the Lord's been taking uh, Louie and Passion the whole nine yards on a journey through getting to know Holy Spirit uh, more personally. Um, and it's been amazing to watch the fruit that God's done in their life and their ministry through that. This is a huge deal for our city. Um, at the Awakening, we really believe in being unified with our city. We're believing for 100% of Athens to be saved. 
We want to see unification and God not just save people, but save structures, save systems, the whole nine yards. So this is part of that. We're really excited about it. Please keep this in your prayers. Uh, students, we have a bunch of Wesley crowd. Please share this. Be a part of this. Um, we're excited about what the Lord's doing with that. We wanted to show it to you. Um, if you, you may have done this in recent weeks. If you haven't, if you're new here, um, this is called Text in Church. Uh, we believe in pursuing community, and this is one of the ways that we do it. Um, if you're new here this morning, I encourage you to take out your phone, type, type the word welcome to this number. It's going to send you a text, tell you how to get plugged in. Um, also, if your family, and this is how we keep up with kind of who's coming, who's getting plugged in, if you've started to consider the awakening of your church home, which some of you guys have in recent weeks, uh, then send the word family. That's how we know. Okay, cool. You know, we'll start like really getting you plugged in because this is where you see your home being. We have small groups coming up this fall. Um, it's hard to read. Ace, if you could lighten it up just a little bit for this one. Um, there's two groups I want to tell you about right now that are already on the books. Um, there's a men's small group. This is men only. It's going to be meeting at Daniel and Lacey Love's house. It's going to be led by Daniel Luft on Tuesday nights, 6.30 to 8.30. Um, me and my lovely fiance, Gracie, and a few others will be leading um, a young adults co-ed um, Bible study. This will be meeting on Thursday nights from 7 to 9. Um, anybody who's 18 to 25 years old, uh, we would love for you guys to be a part of that. Um, it'll, some nights it'll look like a worship night, some nights it'll be a Bible study, some nights uh, we'll go to the pool. So, you know, it's going to be a really sweet time. The way you get connected to this is text the word groups to that text in church number. When you do that, it's going to send you back information, how to let us know you're interested, those kind of things. So text the word groups to 706-705-4304. You'll get more information on those. Um, make sure you've got those two dates written down. Ignite and Athens Prayer Watch. Uh, this is how we actually, as a church, got really connected um, to the UGA Ignite event. Is through a man named Steve Smith. Uh, he's a local missionary that we, as a church, um, support as a friend and and as a church financially. We just are really behind what the guys doing in the city. Um, he's a man the Lord has marked and put for unification in our city. He is literally like leading the charge for unification, and it's pretty amazing across denomination, across color, across everything in our city. Um, he's really, the Lord's using him to help redeem it and bring unity. So we're super pumped. He runs an organization called Athens Prayer. Um, they have the Athens Prayer Watch. You can sign up for slots. Um, these are things that you'll keep hearing about. They're like extensions of our, of our church, we feel like, and probably 30 other churches because uh, it's a really cool thing God's doing in our city. So I think that's it. Um, you guys are back up. So write those dates down. You'll see them in email too. The best thing to do if you miss something on Sunday morning, um, let us know. Text in that family. If you're here and you're here all the time, we'll automatically add you to the Awakening Listserv, and you'll get an email with these announcements and upcoming events um, every week. And I'm doing a remote Bible study that starts tomorrow, and so you don't attend anything, but you'll, it'll start with an email tomorrow, and we're studying the Sermon on the Mount, and it's for girls. So you can email theawakeningathens at gmail.com, email and send your name and phone number, and I'll add you to that remote Bible study. It's a new thing. We'll see how it goes. I'm kind of excited. Um, and we also wanted to say hi to Gracie this morning. Gracie, I'm glad you're here. So some of you guys know that Jesse got engaged. We've been kind of talking about it. There's a lucky girl right here. So 
We're really glad you're with us this morning. So we love Gracie. It's fun to have her here. And we have a pretty amazing testimony um, that we want Kimberly to share this morning before we get rolling with the sermon. I get music with my testimony? Um, raise your hand if you believe that God is a miracle maker, that God is a healer, that he brings grace and mercy. Um, my brother, Chad, who's a couple years older than me, he's a lieutenant colonel in the Army, and he and his family are currently stationed in Norway. At the beginning of July, they came to the States for a visit for about a month. They came here to Athens. They left here on Tuesday, July 23rd, to go back to New Jersey, where my sister-in-law, Lynette, her family lives. And on that Sunday, after church, I was laying in Toddy's bed with Toddy's dog because I was house-sitting and dog-sitting, and my mom called, and I didn't pick up because I was asleep. And then she texted, and then she called again. My sister-in-law, Lynette, was at church, and she had a seizure, and she had a brain aneurysm rupture. Um, they rushed her to the hospital at Beth Israel Hospital in New Jersey. Um, my niece, Caitlin, who's eight, and my nephew, Kaysen, who's three, they went to their grandmother's house. My brother was with my sister-in-law. And the ER doctor told my brother, get the kids. She's not going to make it. And if you believe like I believe, like Travis and that so many believe, that you have authority over your spouse's body, you will believe me when I tell you that my brother said no. If she were going to die, she would be dead already. So I texted Travis, Jessica, a bunch of people. Travis sent me this declaration that he said, I declare that Lynette will live and not die. And I just held on to that, and we just prayed and prayed and waited. <sighs> they did surgery on that Monday. They found two aneurysms. The doctor who was in the ER, let's just say my brother was very assertive and persuasive. And through her tears, <laughs> she um, got the surgeon to come and see my sister-in-law, and she was transferred to another hospital. That morning, she had surgery. 50% of the people who have the type of aneurysm rupture that my sister-in-law had do not make it. One in two. She made such amazing progress that the doctor said that 27% of the people who survive that type of aneurysm, only 27%, make the type of progress that she made. The doctor in the ER who told my brother to get the kids came to the hospital, Rutgers University Hospital in Newark, apologized to my brother and his wife and said, I'm sorry, I've never seen anybody make it who came in like your wife did. Miracle.
And just, I want you to think about this. A week later, if she'd had that aneurysm rupture a week later, she would have been on a plane over the Atlantic. A week and a day later, they would have been in Norway with no family, no support. My parents were able to go up there. My mom was full-time grandma, which she wanted. I don't think she wants it now because it's a lot of work. But they were able to have that family support. They were able to have that network of people, prayer warriors, speaking life over my sister-in-law. She went to rehab. Now, this one is what, this is another one. She went to the rehab facility after three weeks, three weeks in the hospital, one day in a, three weeks in ICU, one day in a regular room. She went to the rehab facility. They found a blood clot in her leg. Back to the hospital. You have to have another surgery. She gets to the hospital. She's in the hallway of the ER because they don't have any beds. And unfortunately, on this Thursday, they had a horrible bus accident in Newark. So the doctors, everything was delayed, delayed, delayed. And we prayed, Lord, you know, dissolve that clot. Lord, just heal Lynette. The radiology, radiologist looked at the x-ray and said, there's no clot. <laughs> Back to the rehab facility. When I first started reading about this condition... One of the things that stood out to me was 30 days. That if you survive, even, you know, there's a small percentage of people who don't make it past 30 days. On Tuesday, which was 30 days, she went home. And today, five weeks to the day, she woke up with her children and her husband and her mother and stepfather and this whole body of believers, and this whole community that just loves her and that just prayed her to life. And I'm just so grateful. And I just pray that you guys understand, like, the gratitude and, the, and just understand, like, I believe that God is a miracle maker, but I really, really believe that God is a miracle maker. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I, and I'm just like, I want a husband to have authority over my body like that. Like, let's do it. And so I just, you know, just do it again, Lord, and just thank you for everybody here who's prayed with me and supported me. And, you know, get, I know everyone hates getting those group texts, but it is what it is. If you got good news, you got to share it. So, uh, yeah, just thank you guys. Praise the Lord. That's so amazing. Uh, and Claire Willis, she texted me this past week. She had, I'd gotten a word about uh, phalanges a couple of weeks ago, and she took that word, and one of her friends was having wrist and finger problems, and she said, let me pray for you. And, uh, and this is, you know, one thing, Claire is actually suffering from sinus stuff herself right now that we're praying over but it didn't stop her from believing for this person for healing. And so she prayed for the, her friend's hand, and, uh, you know, nothing immediately happened. And then, but she checked with her the next day. She's like, hey, how's the hand doing? She's like, all the pain's gone. So, you know, Claire texts me. She's like, hey, it's important we check it out. We follow up with people, you know. <laughs> I was like, yeah, y'all give the Lord a hand because uh, we love that. Um, I want to talk about the color purple this morning. It was another one of those things when the Lord spoke it to me. 
I said, Lord, what do you want me to preach on this week? He said, the color purple. I said, okay. I'll start. Look. So how many of y'all have heard of the movie called The Color Purple? Or seen it, at least. How many of you have seen it? It's, a, it's made in 1985. It's a great movie. Um, but the first thing, if uh, Asa, wherever Asa's at, Jesse, Josiah, get him. Josiah, get Jesse for a second. No, he's, he's back there. I want to make it where we can read it because it's, the light's too bright on there. But what I, what I want to share, so when, when the Lord spoke that to me, the color purple, I immediately thought of the movie, The Color Purple. And, uh, you know, I, I Googled it, and, and I knew that when I'd seen the movie, The Color Purple represented uh, the black people in that movie in the sense of, like, sometimes you can have such a, purple can be such a deep, rich color that it can almost look black. And so the, the lady that wrote that book, Alice Walker, and uh, it later got made into the movie, one of the things that one of the characters says is it says if this uh, lady named Suge Avery, she says she believes that it angers God if a person walks by the color of purple in a field without stopping to notice and admire it. Now, I may not put it exactly that way, but I think it's, the message is stop by, stop and admire the color purple. Like, and notice the beautiful things that are in life. And I feel like particularly God's wanting is highlighting our black brothers and sisters, all right? So obviously there's, there's a lot in the news about the past two or three years in particular. It's like it's, it's escalated racial division, uh, injustices, deaths, police brutality, all that kind of stuff. And, and so, but I'm thinking... But what I want us to think about is the church has the answer. The church has the answer in Jesus. But when, so when the enemy is like trying to cause division and strife, so God, so let me back up. So God, I believe, is bringing attention to the black church in particular. And when I say the black church, I just mean our black brothers and sisters, not Hill Chapel Church, even though that's black brothers and sisters, I'm just talking about wherever they are. If they're in a white congregation or if they're in an all-black congregation, the black, our black brothers and sisters. And so when God's wanting to raise awareness about something, the enemy tries to come in and bring division and strife. He tries to bring destruction, steal, kill, and destroy. But God is, he's doing a thing. God's wanting to to bring the, the racial walls down. He's warning, particularly in the church, there's nothing we can really control outside of the body of Christ in, in, in terms of I've got control of my actions. I, I can't control any of you guys. You can't control what I do. And so what I've looked at is, is like, what's the thing that, what's the one thing God wants me to do? Or, and, and maybe out of that one thing, more things appear. And so, you know, when I've, uh, the man, Ashton Alton Sterling, is that right? Is that his name? And at Baton Rouge was killed. I reached out to Benjamin Lett, who's the pastor of Hill Chapel, 
Baptist church, which is a, a mostly all black church. And I just told him, I said, hey, man, I just want you to know that we're praying for the black community and praying for you guys. And we just, just want you to know that we love you. Okay. And so Benjamin sent me a text back with a picture of them praying. He says, this is when you, this is right. When you texted, we were praying about this situation. And I even looked down on my key ring and I saw the purple hanging out of my key ring. I just noticed it. And I just felt like the Lord was saying the in this season for the church at large, the black brothers and sisters are keys right now. And I've been saying this for about a year. This, so this is kind of like more prophetic part of the message. That the worship of the black church is very important right now. I don't know. It's the worship. They, it's, it, it's going to bring something to the body of Christ at large. And so the key to, to taking the city is, is, is worship, plain and simple. But then, but the black church and their, and their worship is instrumental in that. And so what I want us to do, I just want us to pray for the black church, our black brothers and sisters. So I want us to stand up. Father, I pray for our black brothers and sisters, God, that you would use them in a mighty way, Father, that you would use them to forerun worship particularly in the city, Father, but Lord, even about a year ago, Father, I heard you say the the South is going to rise again, not in the spirit of slavery, but in the spirit of sonship, Father, and I just believe the black church is leading the way. Father, bring them into alignment with all your purposes and plans, Father. Raise up black leaders, white leaders, Father, to lead the charge in racial reconciliation in the church first, God. You said judgment begins with the house of God, and so, Father, we're asking to you, for you to bring us into step. You bring us into unity through the Holy Spirit in the church. And, Father, then the world's going to see, and they're going to follow suit. So, Father, we, we pray that. We pray that you come against the division and strife that the enemy's trying to sow in this country, Father. We pray against the division and strife that the enemy's trying to sow in the church. And, Lord, we just declare unity in the name of Jesus, under the blood of Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. Father, we ask that you give us wisdom and understanding. And, Father, I pray that somehow, some way, Father, every church would look like it is in heaven where there's every nation, every tribe, every tongue worshiping Jesus. Lord, that, that, that whatever invisible walls there are would be knocked down. Lord, that there would be such a, uh, such a non-competition, such a, uh, there, there's absolutely no bitterness that there would be nothing holding us back from working together, Father. So we bless the black church, Father. We, we bless their worship, Lord. Let the sound of the black church arise. Let the sound of the black church arise, God. And let it lead, help lead a revival in Jesus' name. Amen. So another part of... Uh, the color purple is found in Proverbs 31. It says she, this is talking about the virtuous woman. I, I've, I've joked about in the past, is like if you're a woman and you're trying to live up these, don't try to live up these standards in the sense of, this is kind of like trying to keep the Ten Commandments. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, 
this is what you're shooting for, but only a unified, glorified body of Christ can do this. But so you can look at this. I pray these scriptures a lot for uh, over Jessica. There, I don't know, even know if she knows that or not, but I pray these over her. But this is also represents the body of Christ, which is the bride of Jesus. So when you read Proverbs 31, read it and, and think of it in terms of the body of Christ doing these things or the bride of Christ. And so in particular, verses 20 through 23 says, she, the body of Christ, the bride, extends her hand to the poor. She stretches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She makes coverings for herself, and her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits, when he sits among the elders of the land. And so when it says her household is clothed in scarlet, this is symbolic of the blood of Jesus. So Jesus paid the price for sin and, and death. And so when it, even going back to Passover, where the blood of the lamb was marked over the doors, it said the angel of death passed over those houses. As a, as a believer in Jesus, you may, your body may experience physical death, but death itself passes over because you're going to get a new body one day that may be able to fly and like breathe underwater. Who knows what's going to happen? I, that's what I like thinking about. I was like, man, one day I'm just going to breathe underwater. That's going to be awesome. And so, but you're going to get a glorified body, a new body. And so that, that death Death is like this. It's a snap. It's a transition. That's what death is. Now, the hardest thing about death is for those who are left behind on the earth. (laughs) That's the hard thing about death. But for those who transition from death into life, the physical body, we we have friends, uh, this lady that Jessica went to church with growing up, she she died, and she went to heaven. And the Lord said, I got to send you back. And she said, I don't want to go back. And she had children to raise. Now, I'm like, you're saying no to, like, going back to your children? It's like, Jesus, it must be really good up there to, like, be able to just, like, no, nah, their dad's got it. <laughs> she didn't want to go back. It was so good. The Lord sent her back. And so we pass over, death passes over us. Like I said, this husband, our husband is Jesus. So when the, when the body of Christ is really walking in this, Jesus is going to be known in the city gates. He's going to be known in the gates of Athens because it's going to be filled with a people that have the gospel in their mouth. Jesus will be known. Everybody was like, they, the elders, he is known at the city gates. So that's a hallmark of a church full of the Holy Spirit and unified. Jesus is known in the city. And that's what we want. Jesus, let it happen. Do whatever you got to do. So purple in the Bible, it represents authority and kingship. It represents wealth. It represents royalty. It represents the priestly office, the priesthood. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen race, 
a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So this is what, so why are we a chosen race? Why are we a royal priesthood? Why are we a holy nation? Why are we a a people for God's own possession? So you may proclaim the excellencies of him. Now this doesn't even, this looks like sharing the gospel. It may just look like you telling somebody, like, man, let me tell you what God did for me. He healed my sister-in-law of a brain aneurysm that one out of two people die from. My God's good. You're proclaiming his excellencies. Let me tell you about the time God came through financially for me. Let me tell you about the time God turned Jessica's inverted uterus. What was it? Upside down? What was your uterus? Tilted. Before we were married. We were engaged, but I already assumed the authority of a husband. And I put my hand over her tummy. I said, I command that uterus to get in the right position. She went back to the doctor. It was in the right position. (laughs) Josiah was sideways. Was he sideways or head up? He was head up in the womb. He needed to be head down for a normal birth. I have authority over my son. In the womb, I talked to Josiah, and I said, Josiah, this is your father. And I have authority over you. Get head first. Guess what happened when we went back to the midwife? She's like, his head's gone down. He was ready to be birthed. Remember what Jesus said? We we talked about this last week, Matthew 28. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Another time I exercised my husbandly authority. Jessica, we were on a plane. She was started getting like vertigo, right? She had needles. It was like needles were pricking her face. It was like, yeah, it was a weird thing that was happening. And she was losing your, yeah. And um, it's like we hit something in the, spirit realm or something. We didn't even know what was going on. And I just said, I, Jessica, I have authority over your body as your husband. I command this pain to leave. You come back right now, everything normal. And it left. Maybe prayed two or three times, but it left. So you have authority. This is what purple represents. You got authority. You're clothed in purple robes. Clothing is the identity you take on. And so, in heaven, we have white robes. And what does that mean? It means you're made, you're holy, you're clean, you're pure. Jesus has perfected you. He's made you like him. Purple also represents suffering. And so it says, servants, be submissive to your masters with all respect. This is in First uh, Peter, I believe. Not only those who are good and gentle, but those who are unreasonable. For this finds favor. 
Say, this finds favor. <laughs> how many of y'all, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of you have a boss that's maybe not fair, maybe aggravates you? <laughs> well, it says right here, you know, being submissive to your masters with respect. So that's the key right there. It doesn't mean you can't go to your boss and be like, hey, can I talk to you about something? But it means you treat them with respect. You don't back, back talk them, bad talk them. That's bad English right there. You don't talk them behind their back. You don't cause strife. You're not gossiping. You treat them with respect. And this finds favor. You want favor on your life? Do that. That's one of the ways. All right. For if the sake of conscience toward a God, if for the sake of conscience toward God, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. Now listen. There's just there's injustice in the world. That's why we long for Jesus. That's why I long for Jesus to come back because that means that's when there's truly justice fully throughout every nation of the earth it will be manifested. It's going to be made right. But until then, it says many are the afflictions of the righteous, and it doesn't mean we're putting up with physical death or, uh, excuse me, physical ailments or any of that stuff, but what it means is that there's going to be persecution. There's going to be people slandering you, saying false things about you. Jesus said that in the Beatitudes. He said, he, and he said, you're blessed when that happens. It's an upside-down kingdom. I'm telling you. He said, blessed are you when, when you're persecuted and people say false things about you. You're blessed. It's just the way Jesus is. And so you can't do that without the Holy Spirit. That's an impossible thing for Travis in the flesh to do. Look at that and just be like, "Woo, blessing time. When people are slandering me or saying false things about me. For what credit is there when you sin and are treated and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience. But if you do what is right and suffer for it, you patiently, patiently endure it. This finds favor with God. Everybody say, patiently endure Finds me favor. Say, I'm favored. For if you've been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return while suffering. He uttered no threats. He's not like, listen, I'm going to get you. If, you. if you fire me, I'm going to make your life living Hades. No, he wasn't, or he, no, no threats, no reviling, no slandering, no, no gossip. He did not revile in return while suffering. He uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Remember that scripture, it says, do not seek vengeance. Vengeance is of the Lord. The Lord is the one who is righteous in his judgment. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his wounds you have been healed. 
Say, by his wounds, I am healed. So it's painting this picture of Jesus. It says no sin was found in him, no deceit in his mouth. Jesus did, did nothing wrong, yet suffered the biggest injustice in history. Suffered the worst kind of death that's ever been created. The death on the cross. Where you, where you suffocate, your hands pierce through, your feet pierce through with nails. And you're hanging there, and the only relief you can get from suffocating is to push up through on that nail that's in your feet. And you just repeat that over and over, and it can last for days and days. Jesus suffered that kind of death for you. Purple also means to become like Lydia. This is who we named our daughter after. It says, on the Sabbath day, we went outside to a gate, went outside the gate to a riverside. Does anybody teach English lessons? I'll uh, sign up with you afterwards, all right? Where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer. And we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. A woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. There's four keys about Lydia's salvation that's in this passage right here. Number one, she was a worshiper of God. She was seeking God. Two, she was listening. She was listening. Three, her heart opened up. And four, she responded. Very simple things. But she was a seeker, a worshiper, had an open heart, and she responded. I remember... Before I really surrendered my life to the Lord, I had grown up in church. I remember having thoughts of like, I'll really live for Jesus when I get married and have kids. That's when I'll do it because that's when it's really important. Has anybody else ever thought that? And I kept thinking that. And then I was like, well, I'll really, it just kept getting pushed back. You know? You know, things that aren't important to you just keep getting pushed back until the Lord encountered me. And I, when he spoke to me, he says, that you're not gonna, I'm not going to give you any freedom until you give me all of you. Oh, okay. Loud and clear. But this is, when you, when you came to Jesus, there was a lot of these things happening. And this is, and, and Colossians says, as you receive the Lord Jesus, so walk in him. How did you receive Jesus? You can answer this one, not rhetorical. Faith. By faith. So how do you walk with him? By faith. By faith. So you, you receive Jesus with an open heart. And you listened. You responded. How do you walk with Jesus? Open heart. You listen. You respond. 
That's how you walk with Jesus. The same way you came into the kingdom is the way you walk with him. I need you. What do you want me to do? What are you saying? I'm going to read Isaiah 53 out of the message. This is powerful. This is going to, this will just preach by itself, all right? Isaiah 53 out of the message. It says, who believes what we've heard and seen? Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? The servant grew up before God, a scrawny seedling, a scrubby plant in a parched field. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing that caused us to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over, a man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand. One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him. They ripped and tore and crushed him, our sins. He took the punishment that made us whole, and through his bruises, we get healed. We're all like sheep who have wandered off and gotten lost. We've all done our own thing, gone our own way. And God has piled all our sins, everything we've done wrong, on him, on him. He was beaten. He was tortured. But he didn't say a word. Like a lamb taken to be slaughtered and like a sheep being sheared, he took it all in silence. Justice miscarried, and he was let off. And did anyone really know what was happening? He died without a thought for his own welfare, beaten bloody for the sins of my people. They buried him with the wicked. They threw him in a grave with a rich man, even though he'd never hurt a soul or said one word that wasn't true. Still, it was God had in mind all, all along to crush him with pain. The plan that, was, that he gave him, that he, the plan was that he give himself as an offering for sin so that he'd see life come from it. Life, life, and more life. And God's plan will deeply prosper through him. Out of that terrible travail of soul, he'll see that it's worth, that it's worth it and be glad he did it. Through what he experienced, my righteous one, my servant, will make many righteous ones, as he himself carries the burden of their sins. Therefore, I will reward him extravagantly, the best of everything, the highest honors, because he looked death in the face and didn't flinch, because he embraced the company of the lowest. He took on his own shoulders the sin of many. He took up the cause of all the black sheep. Jesus. Looked death in the face and didn't flinch. We were we were watching the uh, the Georgia game last night at my parents' house. My oldest brother was there from up from Albany, and uh, I just heard him make a comment. Comment that he said, "Don't mistake kindness for weakness." Psalm 62 says this of the Lord. David said, he said this. He said, this I know of God, 
The Lord is both strong and loving. Jesus was the most loving man to ever walk the earth. He was also the most courageous man to ever walk the earth. His love gave him courage. His security in his father and the love that the father had for him gave him courage. And that's what we want as a people. We want to be hallmarked as a courageous people that is yet gentle and kind. A boldness that doesn't flinch. A boldness that doesn't care because it's just like the Mora- these Moravian missionaries that were sent out. If you don't know this story, it's, it's amazing. But the Moravians were a, a worship house before there was ever IHOP. They had a, 24 hours of worship and prayer for 100 years continuous. And out of that place of worship and prayer, they sent missionaries. The gospel was advanced. And, and there was two Moravian missionaries that sold themselves into slavery on an African slave boat. And they knew that they were going to die with most of these slaves. And they were waving to the Moravian family. And they said, may the Lamb of God receive the reward of his suffering. May the Lamb of God receive the reward of his suffering. They counted their life not unto death. They feared God only. That's our heart's desire. That's what we want to do. So let's, let's stand up. I want you to hold hands with your neighbor. Father, we pray that that same spirit, Father, that, we, that the Moravians had on them that was bold enough to sell them, themselves into slavery, God, knowing, sell themselves into a certain death, to never be known, but to be known in heaven and to be known in hell. Father, we pray for that. Holy Spirit, fill us. Let us be a people that is known by our strength and courage, but also known by our loving kindness and our gentleness. Let us be like you in every single way, Jesus, who went to the cross as the Lamb of God and was resurrected as the Lion of Judah. Let us be as as humble as the Lamb and as hungry as the Lion. Holy Spirit, do in us immeasurably more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Blow our minds with what you do with our lives. Let us live lives that are completely, completely surrendered, hidden in Christ, and lost in the blood. Father, we love you. We thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Is there anybody here that's that needs physical healing. I want you to raise your hand if you need physical healing. All right. So keep your hands up. All right. We just declared Isaiah 53, which is the promise of Jesus bearing your sickness, your disease. So we're going to pray for the, these sick. So if you, somebody's around you with their hand up, gather around them. Thank you, Jesus. 
Alex, would you mind coming up here? Just begin praying for them. You have authority. You have authority. Command the sickness to leave. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We thank you for the cross. We thank you that Jesus paid the price for every sickness, every sin. Lord, we take authority over sickness and affliction, pain right now. In the name of Jesus, we command it to leave right now in Jesus' name. Pain, leave now. Sickness, leave now. Infirmity, leave now in the name of Jesus at the authority of Jesus Christ. You are his footstool, sickness. You have been put under the feet of Jesus, and you have no power. Right now, healing being released. It's released. It's released. It's released right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Healing right now right now. Father, I thank you. You heal hearts while you're healing our bodies. Thank you, Jesus. Right now. If there's any way to test it out, test it out right now. All right, anybody sense any improvement after testing it out, if, you, if you're able to tell? Awesome. 50% better. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord for the improvement. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Sensing any improvement? All right, let's pray again. Father, we declare right now in Jesus' name, complete healing. By the stripes of Jesus, you are healed, Karen. It is finished. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Pain, you must leave. Thank you, Jesus. All right, check it out again. Tell us the truth. We don't, we're not in the... We want to know what the measure is. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, keep going after it, guys. Just keep going after it. Thank you, Lord. All right, any improvement? 
Awesome. Continuing the Karen's legs, continuing to improve. Any any improvement over here? What's going on, Kelsey? Casey. Casey's has had scoliosis. Doesn't have it anymore. Because <laughs> Jesus took it. But she's been in pain, and this morning's the first time she's been without pain uh, since we prayed. So y'all thank the Lord for that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. you Jesus all right well we have if you want any prayer our ministry team come on down uh, who is that this morning Nathan Ashley Nathan Ashley would love to pray for you if you if you need some more prayer for anything they'd love to agree with you and uh, we're gonna worship just a little longer one more song and then we'll be free to go Thank you, Jesus. of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise teach me some melodies sounding sung by flaming tongues above the mountain fixed upon Until thy redeeming love, 
to grace how greater debtor daily I'm constrained to be and I hope I like Father, we thank you for your loving kindness, God. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his loving kindness endures forever. We bless you, Father. We love you. Bless you guys. Y'all are free to go. Have a wonderful Labor Day. And uh, 